Welcome back to another episode of Across the Pylon. I'm your host, Brandon Pockers, and unfortunately, I'm only joined by one of my guest hosts this week, Austin Kane. Austin, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, we've had some time off. We are back. I was a little sick, had a wedding, we had some scheduling issues, but we are here. We are back, ready to rock. Yeah. So our, uh, our other comrade, Matic, is currently on another uh, European football escapade for his team. So good luck today with that. Hopefully you don't give up any goals if you get in. And like Austin said, we have been away for a little bit, but we're still posting on our social medias. We're still posting on, on our other pages, if I can even formulate a sentence right now. Uh, but going forward, make sure to check us out on TikTok, on Twitter. We're going to be posting clips from episodes as different events happen throughout the NFL season. If you guys were paying attention, I on our TikTok, I posted something about Tom Brady and how I thought he was going to dominate Miami, and then he did. So that's a, that's a little notch in my cap, but there's going to be more stuff like that some more trivia sprinkled in throughout the year. So stay tuned for that. And we're, we're going to keep spicing it up as the year goes on. And for episodes themselves, listen on Spotify, listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find podcasts. We are located there. So just give, give it a listen, give us some feedback, and we'll move forward from there. So without further ado, let's dive headfirst into the show. Since we've been gone for a little bit, like Austin said, scheduling conflicts, just a lot of stuff going on for all three of us, we've missed a little bit of game action. So for us to go back and recap all the weeks we missed, we would be here for over two hours. So in light of that, Nobody's- in, in light of that, we're going to give three teams. They can be good, they can be bad, or indifferent, which saying something indifferent is not even fun for this type of thing. But essentially, we're going to give three teams that have either impressed us or not impressed us and reasons why that is. So, Austin, I'll give the floor to you. What is the first team through six games that has really impressed you or not impressed you so far? Um, So far for me, it's – the first team that comes to my head has been the Cincinnati Bengals. They are currently sitting at four and two. Or am I wrong? Yeah, four and two. Uh, they picked up wins against the Vikings, the Steelers, the Jaguars, and the Lions. So you could say they have had pretty easy schedule so far this season. They have had a loss to the Packers and the Bears, but. Joe Burrow has looked very good this year, and people coming into the season were worried about Jamar Chase, his drop problems, stuff like that. He can't see the ball correctly. But that connection has been amazing. It's been pretty stellar so far. And I'm just excited to see it grow as the run game grows all season with Joe Mixon. He's been having a terrific season. And tomorrow at 1 o'clock, they have the Ravens. Uh, So it's going to be a good game, a big divisional game for both teams. We'll see. Yeah, Cincinnati is one of those teams where they've just came out of the gates hot, and since then they've proved that they're on the upswing as a as a team. I mean, Joe Burrow has a lot to do with that. Jamar Chase has a lot to do with that. And 
better production than expected from the defense has a good amount to do with that. Too. Really well. Yeah. So I'm going to go on the opposite side here. Uh, the Miami Dolphins. They've been terrible this year. I, I don't think there is a good way to frame this besides saying that they've been awful this year. And if we go back and look at what this team has done on the year, right? They're one in five. Basically off of a year that they almost made the playoffs. They were one game from making the playoffs. The first game of the year, they got smoked by Tampa Bay. Okay, cool. Tom Brady. Or no, that was not the first game of the year. My apologies. They beat New England to start off the year. So, you know, Tua comes in, does enough to win. Wasn't great in that game by any stretch. You know, 202 yards, a touchdown, a pick. But they Miami did enough to win that game. And everyone thought, yeah, this is the same Miami. Tua's going to improve, yada, 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 right? They then proceeded to get absolutely shellacked by Buffalo. Tua fractures his ribs. They lose in overtime to the Raiders, which, you know, Jacoby Brissett did all he could, but that was kind of an anomaly game for them. Then they lost to the middle in Colts, got curb stomped by Tampa, and then gave Jacksonville <laughs> their first win in like a year and a half. So essentially, yeah. essentially, right, this is a team that is good. yeah, this is a team that is underachieved to the max. This is a team that really has been terrible at times. And they're really just not playing to that level. And they need to right the ship fast or the GM and head coach for this team are going to be gone because there's no reason in hell, part of my language, that a team like Miami should go from basically making the playoffs to cratering and being behind a rebuilding team like the Jets and a team like the Patriots that both of those teams have rookie quarterbacks. Tua was this high-touted prospect that was coming into the league who's supposed to be one of the next superstars. And he just isn't that yet. And I still think he has potential to be good, but Miami has to be kicking themselves over not taking Justin Herbert. So this Miami team with how bad the defense has been, how middling the offense has been, and just the team overall taking a giant leap back, not even a step. They've been my major disappointment so far to start the year. Yeah, Dolphins have not looked good. I had the chance to see them live versus the Bucks a few weeks ago. Did not look good for them. They were set back there. I mean, Deshaun Watson rumors have been turning this week, but we're not going to dive into Deshaun because that's not what we do here. Uh, moving forward, my disappointing team is the Washington football team, the team with no name, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I mean, they came into the season. They had some weird quarterback issue, or, uh, battle going on. Heineke, Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic won the job, got hurt. Now it's Heineke's job. Uh, they started the year with a loss against the Chargers, which has, could have been expected. And right now they're sitting at 
a whopping two and four. Uh, it's not looking too good. I mean, they came in the season with high hopes for that defense. Everyone was saying top three defense, blah, blah, blah. You got Chase Young there, who has been having a great season, not discrediting him by any means. But they did one thing right, is that they've handled their business when it's come to them. Uh, they beat the Giants in a game that they probably should have taken the loss in off the missed call on the field goal. And they beat the Falcons, so they've beaten the teams that going into the game, you know, they should have beat that they should beat. But it doesn't get easier going forward. Uh, they get the Packers, and then they get the Broncos, who have been a mediocre team. But then they get the Bucks, the Panthers, Seahawks, Raiders, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Washington, Giants. So, I don't know. The Washington football team does not look like this season is going the way you hoped it would. You are my disappointment. Uh, I mean, I don't see you guys somehow coming back and beating the Cowboys for this division so the playoffs aren't looking in your favor. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got on Washington. Figure it out over there. Yeah, something I want to add in terms of uh, in terms of Washington, right, it's really been the secondary combined with the fact that Fitzpatrick got hurt and Heineke had to step in. As good as Heineke has been in spurts, remember he still is a backup quarterback. And at the same time, the defensive line as a whole, not, not counting Chase Young because he obviously has been pretty good this year, but that defensive line as a whole has not been as dominant. So when one aspect of that defense is not taking over, it's, it's able to get exploited by good offenses, good teams, and given a little preview for the back end of the show, I, I think that's going to continue on this week. But moving on to the one team that really has impressed me, the Arizona Cardinals. This is a team that has taken another step in their development on both sides of the football. Kyler Murray has really stepped up. He's, he's taken out a lot of those inconsistencies that plagued the team last year. And then on the flip side, having a better defense with adding a guy like J.J. Watt and still having Chandler Jones and having Buda Baker and Byron Murphy and, all, and a lot of young guys combined with veteran presence up front, it's created a really good football team. So they curb stop the Titans. They beat the Vikings, which is actually impressive because I don't know if the Vikings are good, bad, but they can, they play to they play to the talent level of whoever their opponent is. If the opponent's bad, they sink and make it a game. If they if the opponent's really good, they rise to the occasion and make it a game. That's always how Minnesota's operated. They they destroy Jacksonville and the Rams. They had to slog their way to a victory against the 49ers, but they still got the job done. Sometimes you need to do that in football when you're a good team. You got to find a way to win. And then they beat up on a depleted Cleveland Browns team that took care of business against Denver on Thursday night. But they travel to Houston tomorrow. Like, this is something where, you know, it's a matter of I, – I don't, I don't see where this team's going to falter. Yeah, they play Green Bay the week after that. Yeah, they play the 49ers, the Panthers, the Seahawks, Bears, Rams, like – I see a lot more wins than losses on this team's schedule, and they are going to be a real threat as this season develops, and I think they have a good shot to make a little bit of a run in the postseason. Personally, I don't think that they end up beating the Rams in the playoffs, but, hey, 
This team already showed they can do it in the regular season. What's stopping them from doing it again in the playoffs? Yeah, no, they look really good. Uh, Kyler looks like MVP. Uh, he's had a terrific season so far. You can't say otherwise. Uh, I was going to stay in this division for my impressing team, my last team. I was going to go with the Rams, but then, I don't know, switched it last second before we started. I'm going with the Cowboys. And, you know, so far this season, I've been watching more Cowboys games than I've liked going into that I thought I would have liked going into the season because I did live with two Cowboys fans, but I, you know, after opening night and ever since, I mean, this team looks really good coming into the season. You were questioning, Oh, is that going to be a hundred percent this and that. And in the past two seasons where they haven't been, uh, I don't want to say it's good, but they're definitely playing better this season. Uh, they kind of lost touch with the running game. And this season, now you see Zeke and Tony Pollard just having terrific years. Dalton Schultz is there. So I feel like they have this offense 100% figured out with their great wide receivers, their great running backs, and they have two good tight ends and a great quarterback back there. Dak looks terrific. Uh, Trayvon Diggs on the other side. And what does he have? Eight picks in seven weeks or something. He's going crazy. Uh, he's on pace to shatter the record. The Cowboys, I mean, even in their one loss, they looked terrific against the Buccaneers. They nearly beat them, came down to a Tom Brady last drive. And this team plays in a division where they can pretty much win every divisional game this season if they really tried to. Uh, and I think they will. The They don't play this week. They're on bye. It's like the biggest bye week of the season, so it sucks. But next week they get the Vikings, then the Broncos at home and the Falcons, and then their next, like, real test to see how good of a team this team is is November 21st in Kansas City. They get the Chiefs, so we'll see how that goes. But looking out into the rest of the season, the Cowboys don't have it too hard. They should win this division and finish as a top three seed in the NFC. I don't see any, any way that is an issue, and I think they're really good. Yeah, that, that defense improving has been insane for this team. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, I think it I think he has seven interceptions. In, Something like that. In, yeah, yeah he, he has seven interceptions in six games. <clears throat> Combine that with the fact where Zeke looks like Zeke again, and I think a lot of that is having the O-line again in front of him. But this offense can beat you in so many different ways. If you want to take away the run game, okay, Dak's just going to hit C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Schultz, Zeke in the passing game, Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown. I mean, Michael Gallup's on his way back. This Dallas team is only going to get more dangerous as the year goes on, and it's going to be really, really intriguing to see who can stop them because, quite frankly, no one has this year, and it's very going to be very interesting to see. Also, I don't see any team in that NFC East even playing close to their level. It's going to be pretty funny to see the uh, record comparisons at the end of the year because I don't think it's going to be close. I think if one man can screw up this train that the Cowboys are on, it's either going to be Jerry Jones or Mike McCarthy for some reason. It's not going to be the players. It's going to be someone else. And I don't know how it's going to happen some way if it were to happen later on this season. That's how. But we will see when we get there. Yeah, and the final team I'm going to bring up and – Maddock has ripped on this team consistently. 
on this show. And I'm going to do a little bit of that too, since he's not here. The Seattle Seahawks have been just a major disappointment this year. And this is, this is taking into account the games before Russell Wilson was out. Now that Wilson's out, you can essentially stick a fork in this team. They're probably going to finish last in that division unless Geno Smith leads some miracle games. And wait, before you keep going, what did we say a few weeks ago? Who's the weakest link in this division? The team with no defense. But continue. I mean, that's that's where I was heading with this, though. This team does not have defense. Okay, you beat the Colts to begin the year. It was Carson Wentz in his first ever game with the Colts, adjusting to a new team, whatever, right? Seahawks started off with a win. They then lost to the Titans in overtime because they could not physically stop Derrick Henry from running the ball. They then lost to the Vikings. They, bar- they barely beat an injury-riddled 49ers team. They got stomped out by the Rams, and they lost to the Steelers with Geno Smith, which that, that game was just that game was just ugly. But I like the one thing that Seattle needed to address in the offseason was their defense. The defense has been the Achilles heel for this team for years. The only reason that they have been staying in games for the most part is because Russell Wilson is one of the best damn quarterbacks in the entire NFL. It's simple as that. This dude literally had this dude has literally been carrying the Seahawks to victories by himself for the better part of like 6 years. I mean, after the Legion of Boom era ended, Seattle's defense has not been the same. Russell Wilson has had to do basically everything himself, and we're not even taking into, into consideration the O-line so, and O-line and play calling. So, with Russell Wilson out of the picture, I don't see how the Seahawks are going to win many games because that defense, I mean, that Jamal Adams contract and trade may go down as one of the worst in NFL history because that dude is just, I, I, don't, I don't even want to get into that because I'll just start, I'll, st- I'll start ranting because that, that guy is not as good as he thinks he is. So I guess just in summation, right? We look at their upcoming schedule, right? The Saints, the Jaguars, the Packers, the Cardinals, Washington, 49ers, Texans, Rams, Bears, Lions, and Cardinals. Are there some wins in there? Probably. I'm not going to lie. The Seahawks are not going to lose every single game the rest of the year. But because this defense is so bad, and until they switch up some major things on that end and maybe try to bring in some different guys on that end, this team is going to let up a minimum of 20, 25 points every single game. And it's just, it's ugly. It's ugly to watch. They'd have zero shot to overtake the Rams or Cardinals as the, the big dogs in this division this year. And who knows if Russell Wilson's even going to be the same when he comes back. So uh, it's just... Honestly, it's a lost season, and it's even it's made even worse because the Seahawks do not even have their own first round pick because of that before mentioned Jamal Adams deal. So it, it's just it's not looking good. I'm sorry, it's just not looking good. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, sorry, Seattle. T.J. Watt is a person. You can triple team him, whatever you want. He's still coming after you. Sorry, I had to mention it. Uh, Seattle does not look good. They're 
defense does not look good either. And like you said, we barely talk about the old line who hasn't been good for years. And it seems like Russ has asked or has basically been shown like he's been begging for help in recent years because, like you said, he's done it all. I mean, I feel like Seattle's the one team that we've really harped on the most this year because they're just so disappointing, especially when you have the talent they have on the offensive side. You'd think you'd help it out, but they really haven't. And I was going to say that Seattle could be looking at their highest draft pick in years, and you reminded me that they don't have that draft pick, which is just crucial. And who knows? I mean, we'll see when Russ gets back. We'll see at the end of the year what happens. But who knows what this time in Seattle could be could be ticking. I want to add to that. It's ironic because with the draft capital Pittsburgh has and a few other teams have, it would not surprise me if Russell Wilson gets traded in the offseason because of the factors we mentioned, this lack of help, the defense always being terrible, Wilson consistently having to do everything by himself. If he is traded away from the Seattle team, I don't think Seattle sees the playoffs for a minimum of five years because Russell Wilson has been the one thing keeping this team alive. Point blank. There's really, there's really no other way around it. No, nah, he's the only guy there who's like, who can, who can actually control this team. I mean, you got DK, Tyler, Lockett, and Chris Carson there, but they can't really change the game like Russ can because they're wide receivers. But we'll see. See what Russ has in his magic pockets when he comes back. We've seen him do it before. Maybe we will again. Not looking too likely in this in this division that he's in. Yeah. So transitioning to the week seven preview, we're gonna fly through these, give some quick hits on each game. Then we'll give some of our favorite picks for this upcoming week, and we'll call it a show. So we had off the show. One of Austin's favorite teams on the year in terms of performance. Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Baltimore to face down the Ravens. Spread is six and a half in favor of the Ravens. Money line is 260 for the Ravens plus 215 for the Bengals. The over under in this game is 46 and a half. I mean, it all depends on how the Cincy offense plays. I mean, I think it boils down to that. I think Lamar is going to get his. Lamar always gets his at some point. This Ravens offense has been a borderline juggernaut this year. There's been maybe one, if if that teams that have stopped Lamar and the Ravens this year, it's not even about the rushing attack anymore because with Marquise Brown and uh, Lamar getting Rashad Bateman back in conjunction with the already existing Mark Andrews, it's really – a high-powered passing offense, the likes of no one has really seen from the Ravens in a, in a pretty long time. So if Joe Burrow can take advantage of some of the, the weaker points on the Ravens' defense, I think they'll have a shot to win this game. But we saw what they did to Justin Herbert last week, and Herbert has looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for basically the entire year up until that game. So I like the Ravens in this game. I like them winning. I just think it's probably a four-point, five-point game and that since he does cover the spread. Yeah, like you said, the Bengals' defense is going to have to show up if they want a chance in this one. 
Um, Lamar just terrorized the Chargers last week. It wasn't pretty at all for, for the Chargers. Uh, 34 to 6 is kind of outstanding. Nobody saw that one coming. The Ravens are balling right now. I mean, like you said, only one team's been able to really hold them down on offense. And it wasn't even the game they lost. It was the game versus the Lions. Is their sloppiest game so far. But, you know, every team has them. I hate the Ravens, but they are playing really good. Lamar seems unstoppable. He's pushing for another MVP campaign, depending on what the Ravens do the rest of the season. But I do think that line is a little disrespectful on the Bengals' part because they played pretty terrific so far this season. But I will get into that line a little later in the show. Yeah, and moving on to the next one, uh, th- this is going to be an ugly game. I just, uh, I'm just i just going to preface that here. The Carolina Panthers are traveling to face the New York Giants. This is a line of three over under an ugly, ugly, ugly 42 and a half. Listen, I think, that, I think Carolina wins this game. I just don't think it's a very enjoyable watch. I mean, it's Daniel Jones basically against the world right now. I mean – you name it, Barkley, Tony, Galladay, possibly Slayton, Shep. I mean, all these guys are just out, and it's just like, what is going on with the Giants training staff, man? Like, this is this is getting out of hand. I mean, it's probably not all on them, but it's crazy that all these injuries to all these skilled players are happening all at once. And I, I like I said, I do think Carolina wins. But I think it's ugly. I think Sam Darnold throws at least one interception. I think everyone, little. I think everyone overreacted just, just, just a hair, just, just, just a hair on, uh, on his performance to start the year. But as we've seen in the past few weeks, he's the same guy he was in New York. He's gonna have these incredible. He's gonna have these pop up games where he looks like the next superstar quarterback. He looks like, oh my god. Darnold the savior, Darnold the savior, and then all of a sudden he throws three interceptions and looks like the absolute worst quarterback in the league. It's Darnold roller coaster. He's, he's very inconsistent. He's in his fourth year. He's always had that quality to his game, and it's just not changing all that much. And honestly, I think he's going to have one of his better games against the Giants. I mean, the Giants defense is, is pretty average this year. I, I think that's the right word to say. And I think they could have a shot in forcing a few turnovers. But overall, with the absolute decimation of the Giants' offense right now, I don't see how they can score much in this game against a pretty good Carolina Panthers defense that may be getting Stephon Gilmore back this week. Yeah, um, this is one of six 1 o'clock games this week, and I don't think it's one that you're going to see Scott Hansen on your screen a lot for. This won't be coming too much on your Red Zone channel, but it's definitely a weird game. Uh, Darnold has a chance to do something pretty good this week against, like you said, an average Giants defense. I would say both defenses have been decent this year. I mean, they've done enough. I mean, actually, no, the Giants defense have not done enough, but Giants are just bad. Uh, Giants, once again, lost Saquon, which sucks because I think we I don't know. When's the last time Saquon played a full year? It has he yet? I don't even know. But not soon enough. And I do think the Panthers take this one. Darnold has struggled a little bit without CMC. I mean, he was his little safety weapon there. Check it down to him like 20 times a game. But 
the Panthers will probably take this one. They are playing in New Jersey, but we will see when we get there. Absolutely. And moving on to the next game, I will be touching on this one a, a little, little, little bit later. Washington football team travels to Green Bay to face the Packers. Packers are seven and a half point favorites over under 47 and a half. Listen, Green Bay is going to win this game. I'm not going to waste your guys' time here. I'll get to the specifics of this game a little later, but Green Bay is going to win. Aaron Rodgers is going to absolutely light up Washington. Mahomes has lit him up. Herbert lit him up. I mean, every good quarterback or every good to great quarterback has lit up Washington this year. Washington has no secondary. Their defense has been extremely below the expectations. And quite frankly, I don't see them playing to those expectations against Aaron freaking Rodgers. So Packers are going to win this game easily. Yeah, Washington's a team I said was disappointing. And Packers are a team that I wanted to say are impressive. They have that week one that week one blowout versus Saints. They were playing the Jacksonville. It was a weird game. Whatever. You take that loss and look what Aaron Rodgers does with that. I mean, he gets a little taste of football back in him. And now he's just playing insane. And the Packers are just going crazy. They're five and one. Uh, I mean, I don't see them getting stopped too easily at all in this game. It's going to be. I don't know about the seven and a half line. It's going to be a weird one. I'm not really sure. They'll probably cover, but we'll see. Uh, go Pac Dell. They're, 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 on, they're on fire right now. Yeah. And then the next game we got Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Tennessee Titans. Chiefs are four point favorites in this game, over under 57 and a half. That is a lot of points. And I think that's accurate because. As good as Patrick Mahomes is, and he is a top two, and he's not two, quarterback in the league, um, his defense been quite quite honestly awful. It's been actually terrible to watch the Kansas City Chiefs defense play this year because outside of facing Taylor Heineke, which I'm not even going to count that because we, we know why we can't count that. Every single quarterback has lit up the Chiefs defense. All you need to know is that Jalen Hurts, who has not been that good of a passer this year, has not been that good of an NFL quarterback this year, threw for almost 400 yards on the Chiefs' defense in their loss. Mahomes threw for five touchdowns, and the crazy part is he needed every single one of them for the Chiefs to win that game. I do think the Chiefs win because I don't think Tennessee can stop Kansas City's offense because Tennessee's Defense and secondary may be even worse than the Chiefs, but I think Ryan Tannehill is going to get his too. I think even though it is a 57 and a half over under, I think this one can easily get surpassed pretty quickly. I think that it's going to be an absolute, absolute old fashioned AFC West type style shootout. I, like I said, I got the Chiefs winning, but would it surprise me if? Mahomes had one bad drive and Tennessee took advantage and the Chiefs had to play from behind a lot of the game. No, it wouldn't because that's how bad this defense has been. Hopefully the Chiefs are able to build on what they did last week and kind of shut down Tannehill this week and Derrick Henry this week. But I have no confidence in the Chiefs defense until they actually show it to me against a legitimate offense. 
Yeah, it's going to be a good game. <clears throat> uh, I mean, the Chiefs have not looked like the Chiefs so far this season. Mahomes has like eight picks, but I want to say almost half of them are off drop passes. Two of them off the top of my head came right off Tyreek Hill's hands, but that happened. Uh, they're still managing to win football games. They're three and three right now. No reason to panic at all. You still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. And something that I've liked that with the Chiefs so far this season is that they're actually like running the ball. They're like fourth in rushing in the NFL, which is probably a big step up from the previous two seasons. And their offense does seem a little more balanced, but they do look a little sloppy with a lot of turnovers. Ceh, when he was playing, had a bunch of fumbles. And, you know, Mahomes hasn't looked like Mahomes 100% so far, but there's a lot of season left. This is a big week for him. For the Titans, uh, Derrick Henry is the name of the game. I mean, control the time possession. And he's your best chance to get in the end zone. I mean, he scored three last week again. It's just crazy. He's leading the league and rushing by like 200 yards. So if you can do that, you, you give yourself – best chance to win the football game uh, going. And uh, I do think Chiefs will take it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that Mahomes has not looked like Mahomes. It's just oh, there's been a lot of drops that have turned into picks. There's just been a lot of things where he's had to basically play hero ball. And basically that the reason for that is because his defense has been terrible. So just, just keeping that – in, in perspective as we move on to the next game, which, oh my God, this is going to be a complete doozy. Um, the Atlanta Falcons are traveling to Miami to face the Dolphins. Uh, Falcons are two, two and a half point favorites in this game over under 47. I think this over under can get surpassed because these two teams, once again, terrible defenses. Miami has been one of the worst in the league. Atlanta secondary has, and defense has not been much better. I think that this could be a blow-up spot for Tua and Matt Ryan. I like both quarterbacks in this game. But for an overall winner, I like Atlanta because I think Atlanta's shown more fortitude and ability to win close games this year. Whereas at, since the Patriots win in week one, Miami has shown that they have not been able to close, close the book on any game. And man, Coming off of a loss to Jacksonville, this team may be completely deflated and the game could flip on its head pretty quickly. Yeah, this is a game that's a weird one. Um, both teams have very much underperformed this season. Uh, the Dolphins, I mean, they had a great season last year. You thought they'd come back the same way. They just haven't. Uh, last week, a win that they should have gotten, they kind of lost it themselves. Uh, I think, like you said, this is a big game for both offenses because both defenses suck. Uh, we saw last week right off the bat, Jalen Waddle kind of just went off on the first drive. Tua kept hitting him a bunch of times. They got Kaseki there. I mean, as long as Tua plays good, they can control this game as much as they want, and their defense is going to have to step up. Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense, can they maybe figure it out this week? It just – isn't clicking in my head why they aren't doing that good. I mean, their O-line isn't the best. But you got the weapons. So you have the weapons to put up points. Just do it. I know it's easier said than done. But let's see if they got it this week. Austin Kane, offensive mastermind. You have the weapons. Get the job done. 
Um, moving on to the moving on to the next game. The Jets are traveling to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. This game has a line of plus seven over under 42 and a half. Listen, based off the last time these two teams played, it's a fair line. The Patriots absolutely smoked the Jets last time. But at that same point, if Zach Wilson played an average game in week two, there's a good shot the Jets would win, would have won, because they shut down Mac Jones in the passing game. I'm confident they can do that again. The reason being, Mac Jones has been very conservative. The Patriots basically have training wheels on him with this offense. They aren't letting him open it up and do too much. It's actually like the complete inverse of what the Jets are doing with Wilson. They're letting Wilson rip the ball down the field, and they're putting a lot on his plate immediately. So it's like the two differing differing philosophies. As... As, the, as someone that watches a lot of Jets games, as someone that really tries to dive into what's going on, I think that the Jets could easily cover the seven-point spread. Will they win the game? That's, that's to be determined. I, I'm not sure, but I think what people have to realize is that this Patriots team and the Patriots now are not the same Patriots. They are not a juggernaut. They are just a I, – I think the best way to put it is they are a mid-football team. They play close games, but they're not going to win. They've gotten blown out by teams. And quite frankly, it's just a matter of if the Jets can play their best game of the year, I think they win. If they can limit Zach Wilson's mistakes, if they can have a better offensive game plan, get the ball in the hands of guys like Elijah Moore and Denzel Mims, and really take advantage of the playmakers they have on this offense and not force it to guys that are less talented like Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft and guys of that sort, I think the Jets have a real good shot to win because I think if they execute a very similar game plan to what they did in week one or week two, my apologies, and shut down Damian Harris in the rushing attack and commit to that a little bit more because the Jets have been one of the worst teams in the league in terms of stopping the run, I think the Jets have a good shot to win. If if not, I, I think the Patriots could end up coming out on top in this one. Yeah, uh, last time they played, like you said, it was pretty ugly. But I don't think Zach Wilson's going to go into this game and throw four interceptions in about two minutes again or whatever it was. Uh, no, he will not do that. It's going to be a better coach game by Salah. Um, it's going to be going to be an interesting one. Seven line. I mean, you'll hear more about that for me later in the show. I do think the Jets have an opportunity to win this football game. Like you said, they do have to start using their young weapons. I mean, coming into the season, I personally was excited about Elijah Moore, especially after seeing Jeff's training camp that we got to go to, which was sick. And I'm excited if he can get the ball in his hands, what he can do, uh, especially just running the open field. But we will see if the Jets can get that done. I'm not going to talk too much about the Jets-Patriots rivalry or this game because you definitely know more than I do. So let's move forward. Yeah, we don't need to spend much time on this next game either besides touching on the fact that it's a revenge week for uh, both both sides. Yeah, The LA Rams are 16.5-point favorites yeah. as of now against the Lions, uh, the over-under of this game is 50 and a half. So they're basically expecting the Rams to score a lot of points in this game. And yeah, um, I, uh, 
Yeah, I, I think there's a reasonable line. I think Stafford's going to throw for four touchdowns in this game. I think Jared Goff's going to look terrible. Trey's just going to look even better for the Rams. And yeah, uh, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much the same way. I mean, unless Jared Goff comes out and plays an amazing game, uh, 16 and a half or whatever it is, he sounds pretty respectful. I don't know. I mean, I like the Rams. They've played really good so far this season. I expect them to keep that up. I love their defense and I love their offense even more, especially than Matt Stafford. He's going into Detroit his long, long time hometown for the past however many seasons. I hope he lights it up. Uh, oh, wait, no, it's actually in LA. My fault. Uh, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, nothing to say about this. Rams are going to win. It's, it's about it. Can't tell you by how much though, so because I don't know. So uh based off what uh based off Austin essentially messing up where the game's at, it it sounded like he was, you know, having too much fun last night. Which I mean, for where this next game's located, who knows? Maybe he was in Vegas where the Eagles are traveling to take on the Raiders. Uh <laughs> this game has a two and a half point spread. Raiders are the favorites, over under 40 and a half. I like the Raiders in this one. I, I think that Derek Carr is going to have a game, a little bit of preview for my picks towards the end of the show. I think he's got a very, very, very good game against Philly. I think Jalen Hurts falters in this one because the Raiders are that inconsistent type defense where, yeah, they've let up a lot of yards this year, but the Eagles offense has been abysmal at times. I think the Raiders will take advantage of that. And I think they easily cover this two and a half point spread. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I just, like, don't know what to feel about the Eagles. Uh, like, even as someone who <clears throat> personally is not a very big fan of all of the birds, like, I just don't know how to feel about Jalen Hurts. I don't know how to feel about this offense. They don't run the ball at all, especially with a talented guy like Miles Sanders back there, who every time he touches the ball seems to get 10, car or 10 yards each carry, and they just – Continue not to give him the ball. It makes no sense. I don't know. It's just classic Eagles. <laughs> but uh, I do think the Raiders take this one. They played really good last week, especially without Gruden there anymore. But we, again, we don't want to get into that stuff. And we aren't. Uh, Raiders will take this one. Yeah, pretty, pretty much they'll cover the two and a half spread. Yeah, and the only way the Eagles would win this game and have a really good shot is by exploiting the Raiders' very lackluster run defense. The only caveat with that is Sirianni has shown he absolutely despises running the ball. I mean, until I see proof of that changing, I'm not going to take that into consideration for this game because they've just shown they want to just pass the ball more than and anything. And it seems like they only decide to use the read option on the goal line or on two-point conversions. It may, I don't know. You got the mobile quarterback. You got a good running back. And you have some pretty – actually, I don't want to say good weapons, but you got Devontae Smith, Coach Watkins. I don't know. Dallas Goddard, he's a beast. So they just traded a long-time tight end Ernst, too. So we'll see how this team performs. Yeah, and transitioning to this next one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are hosting the Chicago Bears, 11.5-point spread over under 47. I mean, I think Tampa wins easily. It's just with how, with Chicago's defense, uh, I'm a little iffy with 11. If, if this was like an 8 or a 7, I would feel – I would absolutely hammer that, maybe for an alternate spread. But 
I, I think Tampa wins easily. I, I think Brady shows out. I think he plays another great game. It's going to be a little bit harder. He's without Gronk and Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has been dominant again this year. I think he'll be back next week, but he's out with an ankle injury this week. On Chicago's side, I don't see them moving the ball much if they continue to play in a conservative fashion. I think they have a much, much, much better shot to be in this game if they let Justin Fields finally air it out because nobody runs on Tampa. This is a well-known fact. Tampa Bay's run defense is by far the best in the league. When it comes to their secondary, though, they have been depleted by injuries, which has been a, a big Achilles heel for this defense. We saw Dallas exploit that in week one. We've seen other teams exploit that in, pre, in uh, consecutive weeks. So, essentially, if the Bears want to have a shot to cover this 11.5-point spread, they got to let Justin Fields be Justin Fields. They got to let him be the gunslinger that he was at Ohio State and just cut loose to his guys like Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. Yeah, once again, I'll be in the stadiums. I uh, get to see my boy Jay Fields. I'm hyped for that. But I do think this is one of those games where he may go down a bunch of times. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to go down nine times like he did against the Browns or whatever, but the four or five sacks could be could be in the script for Justin Fields. I'm waiting patiently, not getting impatient. Where is Allen Robinson? Beats me. Uh, and once again, it looks like the Bears are screwing him. Just let him leave at this point. <laughs> let him have his career. But the Bucks will win this. Like you said, that 11 and a half line's a little uncomfortable for me to take. I wouldn't take that because we've seen the Buccaneers defense kind of drop at the end of the games and kind of just give up a bunch of points. But the Buccaneers will win this one. Like you said, a touchdown seems right. But yeah, that's about it. I'm excited to see Justin Fields uh, maybe get the chance to air it out. Yeah, and moving on to this next game, man, we are this week is approaching some 2020 type Jets lines that we were seeing last year because the Houston Texans are traveling to Arizona to face the Cardinals. This game has a spread of 18. The Cardinals are 18 point favorites. And the crazy thing is, I feel comfortable with that line. And you'll see that later in the show. Just to give you an example of money lines, the Cardinals' money line is minus 2,000. The Texans' money line is plus 1040. The over-under in this game is 47.5. So based on implied point totals, they're based they, – they, they th Vegas thinks that the Cardinals are going to absolutely shellac Houston. And you know what? They are. This, this is – there's not much to say besides – this is one of the best teams in the NFL, playing one of the worst. Is it a potential trap game? Yeah. We saw what happened last year. The Rams had this giant line against the Jets. The Jets had not won a game. And what happens? It's the NFL. Somehow the Jets end up beating the Rams, which I was still – I was very bitter over that, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah, Arizona's going to absolutely smoke Houston. I, I, got, I got nothing else for that. If the contrary happens, someone's going to make a lot of money because they, they had fun and just threw something on Houston. Yeah, if someone throwing money on the Texans, just know that they have the money to lose. Uh, they're just trying to double their income or whatever it is. 
Uh, the Cardinals are going to win this game 18 and a half. I, I don't know. We're, these are college numbers. This, those spreads don't belong in the NFL. And, I mean, I just don't know what to say other than that. I think, once again, Kyler Murray has a terrific game, and he continues to add on to the season he's having. I mean, he's playing lights out. So are the Cardinals. They're one of, if not the best team in football right now. And they're going to extend their record to another win. Absolutely. And smashing these last two games together, just so we can get on to our last topic of the day. The Indianapolis Colts are traveling to San Francisco to take on 49ers. Spread is four and a half in favor of the 49ers over under 42 and a half. Monday night game, Seahawks are hosting the Saints. Saints are four and a half point favorites over under 42 and a half as well. So looking at these two games in conjunction, Considering they're the two primetime games for this week. I think that the 49ers at full strength could handle the Colts, but this is my upset of the week prediction. I think the Colts end up beating the 49ers. 49ers secondary has not looked great. I think Carson Wentz has been playing a lot better as of late. I think he continues to play well and leads the Colts to a victory against the 49ers in their home stadium. This is also going to the fact where I think as mid as the Colts defense has been, I think they can force Jimmy Garoppolo to make a few unforced errors. Garoppolo is not the best quarterback. We all know this. I think the Colts end up winning this game. And that's my first upset pick of the week, actually. And then the Monday night game, I like the Saints. I think Jameis Winston's going to have himself a day. Geno Smith is we, – we've seen what the Saints have done to bad – to bad and rookie quarterbacks. Geno Smith falls in that bad category. Unfortunately, he is a backup. There's a reason he is not an NFL starter. The Saints are going to exploit that. Jameis Winston is not going to have to do much, but I still think he has a pretty good game. And I think the Saints absolutely cruise the victory on Monday night. Yeah, uh, starting with Sunday night game, Colts 49ers. You know, this kind of seems like a must win for both teams. Uh, San Fran sitting at two and three right now. The Colts two and four. You know, I just Jimmy G's back, so we'll see what we can get from him. Uh, like you said, Wentz has been looking pretty good in the past few weeks. I don't know how to feel about it. What's up? Do you know the line on this one? The 49ers game? Yeah. Four and a half. Four and a half in favor of the Niners. Colts. Uh, Niners, yes. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a weird, good Sunday night game in San Fran. Uh, the line, I'm going to go. I, I, I like the Colts as well. I think they'll cover the four and a half. I can't tell you who's going to win this one. I think it's going to be a great game. And then St. Seahawks in Seattle. Jameis does have a chance to air it out this week, uh, especially against this Seattle defense. And Geno Smith, I mean, good luck. You're going to have to get your work in this week. Cam Jordan's coming for you. Uh, and for the Saints, Michael Thomas, maybe he'll be back soon. Not this week, but maybe in the next few. Yeah, so those are our predictions for most of the games this week. And now it's time for the best part of Across the Pylon. Our predictions and picks for the weekend. Prognosticator Austin and Prognosticator Brandon are back at it again. And it's time for me to start off my picks for the week. So for the Pac Lock 
of the week lesson. You can book this one. You can take it to the bank. You can hold it up in the air and scream. I'm going to make money off of this. Green Bay Packers minus seven and a half versus the Washington football team. Listen, maybe with my luck, Washington remembers that, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be a great defense, and they limit Aaron Rodgers in this game and find a way to win. I don't think that happens. They have not shown evidence of that this year. I think Aaron Rodgers has an incredible game. I think the Packers win this game by anywhere from 10 to 14. I think they cover the spread, and I think it's it's a great start to the week and another great victory for Green Bay and another crushing defeat for Washington football team. But, hey, it's the NFL. We've seen crazier things happen this year. But at the same time, book it, put it in the bag, just lock it, put it, throw the key away. This is a great pick. My next one, Derek Carr over 288 and a half passing yards versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that because the Eagles pass defense has not exactly been, you know, incredible this year. I think that Carr is going to have a great game. He's going to find Henry Ruggs at least twice in this one for big games. He's going to find Brian Edwards. Darren Waller is going to have himself a game. And who knows? Maybe this turns into an old-fashioned Western-style shootout. But I really like Derek Carr in this matchup. I think he has himself a day. You can book that one. Lock it in. Number three, we're getting into fun territory taking Arizona minus 18 versus Houston. Yeah, we're approaching the college football line, but honestly, this one is the one line where I'm like, yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Arizona's high-flying offense has been able to dismantle teams like LA. The Rams are a million times better than the Houston Texans on defense. Kyle Murray is going to throw for four touchdowns. It's, it's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, I, I you, you hate to see it. There were, we, if you remember, the Buffalo Bills had this type of line against the Houston Texans, and what happened? They won 42 to nothing. You're going to see something very similar this week. Book it, lock it in, lock it up with that key. That's pick number three. Pick number four, I'm going the under in the Panthers-Giants game. This is going to be a slop fest. Panthers are going to win. Both offenses aren't going to look good. Just, yeah, book, book it, lock it in, lock the game throw the key away, do whatever you want to do with these picks. But these are the four. You can book it right now. Well, I like those picks. And for mine, uh, I'm going to start off. I literally just changed as we were speaking. I had the Bengals plus six and a half, like I said earlier, it's a team I like. But that's not going to be one of my picks this week. But if you want to go take that as a bonus one, go for it. Uh, starting off with the Colts plus four and a half versus the Niners. Um, I just remembered that I saw something the other day that was like some percentage amount of time the underdog has covered on primetime games so far this year. And I'm going to ride that wave. So throw some dollars on that. Colts plus four and a half. Uh, next, I got Kaseki over 54 receiving yards. Uh, I like this a lot. I think it was like plus 110 or something like that. Uh, they're playing the Falcons, um, you know, bad defense. He's got a chance to shine. Once again, he's been top target from the Dolphins this year. And I think he does get over 54 receiving yards. And one that Brandon will like this one, actually. I got the Jets plus seven in New England. 
Let's go, J-E-T-S, lock that one in. Uh, your mom got a house, throw it on that. <laughs> go Jets, and my lock of the week for your, your children, put it on. Uh, everything you got, the house, the money, the family, wives, kids, grandparents, husbands, whatever you got. Panthers minus three versus the New York Giants. Trust Sam Darnold. Uh, that's all I got, though, for my locks and my picks of the week. Uh, lock those in for sure. Uh, that's all I got to say for this episode. Thanks for watching. Hand it over to Brandon for the outro. Peace out. Those words should never be said in conjunction. Trust <laughs> and Sam Darnold. But, hey, you know what? You do you, man. I'm, I'm going to let you rock. But thank you guys for joining us on another great episode of Across the Pylon. Like I said at the top of the show, make sure to check us out on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you can find podcasts. Listen to us. We would love the support. Thank you. But um, we'll be back next week. I'm, I, there's a shot I may not be back, so look for Austin and Matt yeah, to be holding show. down the fort. Oh, God, that's not going to – you know what? I'll keep my thoughts to myself. <laughs> but for Austin Kane and myself, thank you guys for joining us on another great episode. We'll catch you next time. And stay classy. Peace.